Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Feeling Feline, a podcast where we talk about what it's like being in your 20s in the 20s. For today's episode, we're going to be talking about Asian American issues in the U.S., what's going on in Texas, and potential culture changes because of COVID. So let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode, and I am so happy to say this is the last episode of February. Like, goodbye winter, I'm so over you, and this week has been absolutely beautiful. The weather has been so much better, and I feel like it's just taken off a huge load off my shoulders. I feel like when it's cold and dark especially, I just am not 100% emotionally okay, and I think a lot of that is just the fact that there's no sunlight, and I can't even imagine living in Alaska where where, you know, there are 18-hour nights sometimes. I can't even imagine. I saw a TikTok last week about that, and that's crazy to me. I cannot live in that state. And even though it is only for, you know, the colder seasons and the summer is kind of the opposite, I really don't think I can live like that, to be honest. But anyways, you know, I feel like it's going to be a better spring and everything's kind of looking up, I feel like. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited for spring. And I think a lot of it is just the nice weather. There are a lot of events going on in this coming season. And it's more, you know, weddings, but small ones. And the vaccinations are rolling out. And just the overall amount of cases in the U.S. is slowly going down. And that doesn't mean to give up on everything that we've been doing in terms of preventing COVID, you know, the mask use and everything. It's just that we have to keep going. It's kind of like the final stretch and we just got to keep pushing until we get there. So yeah, I'm really excited about that. And I'm feeling a thousand times better because Leo is finally off his cone. And I am so happy because, well, one, he healed so quickly. He was only on the cone for like nine days. And we brought him to the vet, I think, the ninth day. And they were like, he doesn't need any medication anymore or the cone. Take it all off. He doesn't need anything anymore. And I'm so happy because it was a really rough nine days. And even that was adding to my anxiety and stress because, you know, he had another surgery in his leg at the same time and we had to keep it covered. And of course, it was during the week where it was snowing the whole week. So it was just tough, but I'm glad it's over. And he's just kind of back to himself. And I'm two pounds away from reaching my goal, and I'm so happy I was, you know, motivated and devoted to getting to that goal weight. And, you know, I feel like although it is my goal weight, I could go a little further in terms of just losing fat and kind of toning up more. So I'm going to have to refine those goals, but I'm so excited and happy that I really kept my mentality, especially during the winter, and still somehow still had the motivation to go to the gym, even though it was really hard some days. And the past two weeks, it was really, really hard for me to go to the gym. I could not even get into the mood, even when I would have pre-workout, because normally that like automatically gives you a better mood to go to the gym. But even that wasn't doing it for me. And honestly, I just blame the cold and I don't know why it made me feel so heavy and I didn't feel like doing anything. But now again, the weather is getting better and it's just something that I'm looking forward to now. Okay, so we're going to get in touch more with Asian American issues that have been happening in the U.S. And there was something that happened last week that just kind of 
irked me so much that I felt the need to even talk about it and really get into the topic for this episode. And it was just, you know, the cherry to the cake of all the situations that's been going on in the Asian American community. But the first thing that really irked me last week was that there was this restaurant in Philly and they literally had a COVID mac and cheese. And in the description, it says made with Chinese sauce. Huh? Do you know how much that annoyed me? And it's such a little thing, but it's so offending, especially because there's a lot of Asians in Philly. But also, that's just mad racist. Like, who the hell thought of this idea and thought that it was okay? That just makes me so angry. I just don't understand. They were like, sure, let's keep it. It's offending, but let's do it anyway. I mean, who cares, right? Little do they know that literally the day that it came out, there was somebody who went to the restaurant who was Asian and felt very uncomfortable, as they should. I mean, if we did this with any other race, it would be a huge problem. And that's kind of my thing, because I feel like sometimes people think it's okay to do racial slurs or be a little bit more racist with Asians because they're not as aggressive in terms of being offended with the actual stereotypes. and. Honestly, I think it happens sometimes around me as well. I mean, it's still a thing. It's still in existence. And honestly, I feel like since the coronavirus started, it's happened so much more. And I understand there's a lot of other things going on, but it definitely is a growing issue in the U.S. It especially makes me uncomfortable because the older Asian Americans are getting the worst of it. For example, there was a 91-year-old man that was shoved to the ground in Chinatown in California, a 50-year-old woman who was thrown into the newsstands in Queens. Then there was an 84-year-old that was basically assaulted to death in San Francisco. And yeah, a lot of this is in the Bay Area. And then I just read something today that literally somebody driving in New York pepper sprayed an older Asian person. So what is the problem, honestly? What is the issue? Why are we targeting older people, first of all? But then second of all, why Asians? You know, it just irks me because comes down from specific leaders who have been calling the coronavirus an Asian flu or a Chinese flu. And, you know, Trump was saying it the most. And that just irks me because I don't think he realized the power of who he is or who he was as a leader and how much those words really engrave in people's brains, not just in people who are racist, but also in other people, you know, Asians. And it's just really offending. I'm really hated about this, but it's a serious problem. And, you know, if it was more of the majority races or the races that were such a big problem in terms of all the discussions going on these days, it would be a big deal for especially elderly people being attacked. And now, you know, the people who assaulted some of these Asian elderly people are not even being charged. And it just creates a bigger fear for not just the elderly community who they are already afraid of the pandemic and the coronavirus and they feel like the government is not prioritizing them in terms of getting vaccinations out and shit. Now it's even targeted towards elderly people and Asians and what are we just trying to build more fear in this country? I just don't understand because what did they ever do to you? It just gets me so heated and it just goes to show how weak these people are because they're attacking the elderly who they know can't fight back. So 
I just don't understand. And I think it's super cowardly of these people that are causing these attacks to even one, not just attack an elderly person, but this person did absolutely nothing to you. And that just irks me beyond belief. So that being said, at least Biden is doing kind of something about it. He signed some executive action to ban the type of language that Trump was using, like the Kung flu and the China plague. But unfortunately, I just feel like it's a little too late. And it's especially because, you know, we've had the whole year of the pandemic of Trump calling this flu the way that it is and making it Chinese, making it more directed towards the Asian community. And I kind of think that's already engraved in some people's heads, which is unfortunate because a pandemic can start literally anywhere. And it just happened to start in China in an Asian community. And it just irks me because had it been anywhere else, it would be so offending and he would not be allowed to say that. And I think what a lot of people are not really realizing is that this is putting more fear in just the Asian community in general. And already they have a hard time fitting in because of stereotypes, racism, and the things that go on in the Asian community that honestly not many people talk about. But there are still stereotypes that even existed before, you know, when Trump made this whole big deal that the coronavirus is related to China. There was always this low-key stereotype that Asians are rich, smart, musically inclined, have small eyes, are bad drivers, can't see well. And it still exists today. It's just so frustrating. And I really think that in our 20s, especially our generation in this modern time, we should be putting more effort in actively not making stereotypes, you know, immediately seeing an Asian and assuming, oh, they're smart. Oh, they're into music. Oh, you know, they're not athletic. Things like that. And that just goes outside of the Asian stereotype. There's also the black community. You have a lot of stereotypes with them. White people. Spanish, any type of culture, there's always these stereotypes that I feel like we just need to continue making the active choice of not thinking those stereotypical things. And hearing about what has happened to the elderly, you know, I worry about my grandparents. I worry about my parents because, you know, they may be Filipino and not, you know, we're kind of in the mix of Spanish and Asian. It's not really rooted in the Asian country itself. We're kind of, you know, a separate island away from Asia, but obviously we still have the features that we look Asian. I mean, how are they going to be comfortable walking outside if there's a chance that even just random people are in the mood to go and harass Asian people? I just don't understand. It makes me so angry, especially because they're older people and do not know how to even fight back. And kind of, I feel like I should share this story. I will never forget it. You know, when I was younger, I used to take the school bus from my apartment to obviously school. But there was this one person that I literally will never forget. And it was such a small and short comment, but we were on the bus ride home. And I was just sitting there and he had the nerve to be like, oh, why does she get to say where she wants? She's an illegal immigrant. That stuck with me even up to today, and it still irks me to this day. So imagine hearing somebody call the flu the Kung flu or the China virus or someone attacking this elderly person. They literally cannot leave their house without a constant fear that someone is going to attack them. So why? I just wonder why people find it in their hearts to be violent like this. It's 
something that I hope our generation and future generations can change. But it starts with us, you know, it starts with constantly not having those stereotypical thoughts and actions towards people that will set the ball rolling for the future generations. And it's kind of something that we have to realize that we've been doing ourselves because, you know, it's not like it's gotten away from us in our generation. I think we've gotten rid of some you know, stereotypes that existed in previous generations, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done to get rid of the assumptions. You know, when you see someone who is of a certain race of, you know, that you know that has been on the news more often and more violent, you tend to pass by somebody and lock your doors just because you know from the news or however social media has portrayed the specific race. It's things like that. You know, we can't let social media decide for us that, you know, everybody is bad. Everybody of one specific race is bad. Everyone from one specific race caused the coronavirus. That's not a healthy thinking. And also it's just not progressive in terms of us as a country. We're supposed to be moving forward. We're supposed to be the United States, which that's a whole nother topic because there's a lot of issues in this country, but it's not bringing us any closer together by harassing these elderly people. And I just really need to understand why people are doing this. And it also works kind of in the reverse way as well. You know, we are being attacked more as Asians because there is this stereotype that we're, you know, hardworking, quiet, and in general, economically successful. So, when something happens, all of a sudden now it's a big deal because, oh my gosh, why is, you know, this happening to Asians who are supposed to be perfect and quiet? And that's what people are seeing as a pandemic. You know, it's these people are supposed to be perfect and just well-behaved and nothing's supposed to be wrong with them. And all of a sudden a flu comes from them. Like, come on. It's, it's things like that. And, you know, it does come from a lot of the fact that there isn't enough representation just in general in this country that, you know, Asian Americans hold. And I feel like media has gotten a lot better in that sense because, you know, there are movies now with a lot of Asian actors and just to name a few, To All the Boys I've Loved Before, Crazy Rich Asians, which is a perfect movie to describe how, you know, everybody sees Asians, you know, we're stuck up and we're rich and it's not the case, you know, not everybody falls under the same stereotype. But like I was saying, I feel like a lot of it is just continuing to actively not make those stereotypes in your head. You know, you are going to make stereotypes. And the best thing that we can do in our age and our decade right now is to notice when we're thinking that way and tell ourselves, you know, maybe I shouldn't be thinking this way about that person just from the race. You know, there's a lot more behind somebody than their race. And I've definitely learned that over the years that there is really nobody I know that falls completely under a certain stereotype. And that's because they're people and that's totally normal. These stereotypes are what fuel separation in this country. And social media is definitely not a helper in that situation. It's very easy to quickly spread things and retweet things and repost things that are offending to some people. And it immediately spreads around like a wildfire. And again, once it's exposed to somebody's brain, it's basically engraved in there. So it's basically fueling this little fire in people's brains to continue looking at somebody the wrong way and creating stereotypes and and therefore causing more violence. There's just a lot that needs 
needs to be done in terms of social media, one, and two, how people think and look at each other. And honestly, I'm blessed because I am in a community where, you know, being Asian is not an issue. It's welcoming and everybody's not really as biased as maybe in some other places, but I can't even imagine just feeling unsafe and having to worry that someone is going to attack you as soon as you leave your house just because you look Asian. And this exists in so many different cultures and races, and it's so sad just thinking about it because everyone is simply just a human being just trying to get through life. And that just worries me that a lot of people now feel unsafe even more than before. And now it's just another race that's uncomfortable, another race that's being attacked. And when is it going to stop? It's just, mm, it just makes me so angry. And I feel like the thought that, you know, you have to be careful with what you say. I feel like it's kind of lagging in the Asian community because, you know, in some races, it's very obvious. You can't say this word. It's offensive to whatever race. And you kind of have this underlying assumption. But when it comes to Asians, I feel like there's still this kind of lax emotion or assumption that, you know, it's not going to offend them that much. And words matter. They really, really do. And it sticks with somebody when you use words the right way versus the wrong way. And leaders have a lot of power over millions of people. And the fact that leaders are not even being cautious and careful with what they're saying is the reason why there's so much more violence in this country in general. And while we can't control, you know, the entire country and we can't tell the whole country to stop acting like idiots and, you know, stop the stereotypes and stop the harassment and stop the violence. The smallest thing we can really do is just in our general community, you know, if you see something, say something, stand up for, you know, people's just general rights to being a person and stick up for those that really need it. And it's not just the Asian community. There's a lot of different communities in this whole country that are just suffering from violence, harassment, racism. It's horrible. And hopefully our generation is the one that really brings it up or at least improves it from how it's been. Hopefully we break that chain and, you know, teach our children and grandchildren that, you know, there's a different way of handling situations and it doesn't need to involve racist thoughts all the time. So that's just a hope for, you know, the future. And now we're going to transition into talking about Texas because what's been going on there is just so sad, so horrible, so random too. And there's been some serious snowstorms in Texas, and it's been affecting people's houses. So the pipes will freeze because it's cold. And because water expands, the pipes actually break, and these houses have been flooding like crazy. And these poor people, there's a lot of people, even on TikTok, that have been showing, you know, their apartments, their houses, they're flooding. There's literally no source of food for them or water. They can't go anywhere for any type of water because everything's broken, which is so crazy to me because yes, it's horrible, but there is something else underlying that's more major and that's climate change. There's a lot going on. And this is just the beginning of climate change. You know, it's the start of what could be so much worse. And yeah, and it's not really 
anybody's fault that these houses are breaking. How are they supposed to know that years from now there was going to be a huge snowstorm causing the pipes to freeze? You know what I mean? It's not anybody's fault in terms of infrastructure. They just weren't ready for it. And I mean, you don't expect it to snow like that in Texas because that's just how it's been. But unfortunately, because of global warming, there's a lot going on that's changing. So, you know, it just goes to think, should every house be suited up for any situation? Tornado, earthquake. You know, houses in California are built differently from houses in New Jersey, and those houses are even different from Texas, obviously. In the central U.S., they're built more to prevent against tornadoes or earthquakes, and it's Especially in California, you know, they're built for random earthquakes and shit, but you don't expect the most random thing to happen, like in Texas, when the snow happens. So what, are we supposed to have a uniform house, you know, infrastructure that helps with every situation? That's a good question, right? So again, there's still a lot of work in terms of what engineers can do, you know, in terms of innovators, there's a lot of things that still could be fixed for houses. It's not like what we have right now is a great system for building houses because it just goes to show the houses in Texas are not ready for cold weather, right? So that just gives kind of an open canvas to the younger generations, our generation, to think more about how we can live more efficiently just in general, and that's houses included. So yeah, back to kind of the topic of global warming. This is a really big issue. And yes, it was just one snowstorm and one situation. But I'm telling you, it's going to get worse for a generation. That's just a small sign of the fact that global warming is a serious issue. And I was reading on it and that a lot of people believe that there was a lot of snow in Texas because there was the heating of the Arctic. So basically, there's this polar vertex or vortex that's in the top of Earth that keeps the cold air where it's supposed to be, basically. It's supposed to keep it up north. And that's why, you know, you assume the closer you get to the equator, the warmer it is, which I think is crazy because, you know, we were taught that in elementary school, you know, the equator and the closer you get, it gets warmer. But now it's not really the case. It's actually not even that accurate anymore. So I think that's crazy that even in the past 10 years or so, Everything that the textbooks have taught us is not even really 100% true anymore because of global warming. But yeah, so back to the vortex, you know, nature is honestly a huge domino effect. You might think, oh, the Arctic is melting. I mean, that's not going to affect me. I'm all the way in Jersey or I'm all the way in Miami or I'm all the way in South America. Why is that going to affect me? Well, best believe eventually that shit's going to catch up to us. So whatever's going on in the Arctic and things are slowly melting, it's going to eventually trickle down to the south and meet all the way up to the center. And things are going to change. And I don't know if it's going to happen slowly or drastically. I'm hoping that we at least are more educated about it in the future. And I think that these topics are super important to keep teaching even the younger kids. And I know there's a lot of awareness about it right now, but because of COVID, it's been a little distracting. But I feel like this year specifically, there's going to be more focus on more environmentally friendly things. And hopefully from here on out, there is going to be more of a focus. And I think COVID really put people into that perspective because obviously now there's more time to be aware of the surroundings, be aware of what's going on in the country and in the world. And I feel like the world is showing us because, you know, the world kind of was on pause for a long while. And the world finally had a chance to show us like, listen, it's suffering. You know, the world really is suffering. There's 
rainforest fires and people just ruining the beauty of these forests and not just the beauty, you know, the forest is so important in terms of our oxygen levels and we don't even realize it and we probably won't until, you know, it's too late or we're on the verge of not having enough oxygen in this planet. So there's a lot that's just going on that, you know, we don't really think about, but it's really important to bring awareness to. So that's why I feel like in elementary school and for the younger kids especially and for teachers listening, it's important to keep the children, keep the younger people informed that, listen, this is a major issue in this planet and it's important for them to continuously be exposed to it. And I'm saying that because I feel like I mean, yes, we were kind of exposed to it, but there's just this frustrating type of focus in school that you only look at what's in the textbook. And unfortunately, what's in the textbook is not in real life. And I feel like we really need to focus on, you know, what's going on right now that's not textbook, but at the same time, history repeats itself. So there's a lot in history that's happened before that it's happening again. And, you know, we're not still realizing that, you know, we can't follow the same direction because the same thing will happen. It's not going to change unless we do something different about it. But that's kind of why it scares me because I'm just one person and I really don't know what my power can actually do in terms of saving the environment because that's going to be a large group effort. It's not unfortunately going to take one person to immediately save this planet. But Hopefully in the future, you know, climate gets better because I feel like we're almost reaching the point where it's too late to fix things and hopefully it doesn't get to that because I really don't know how that's going to shape our view on just the world, on the future, our comfort to have kids, just things like that. And, you know, I think that when you think about COVID and the pandemic, We knew there was a possible pandemic and we still didn't prepare enough for it. And here we are, years and years of constant reminders and people telling us, hey, the climate is changing at an alarming rate and we're still not prepared for it. I mean, is this going to be history repeating itself again that we weren't prepared for something that's going to happen and we're just going to face the consequences? I think that it should be something more important to the government, to leaders, and it should be something that is of greater importance to them. And, you know, they should be doing more to help the climate and figure out how to save this planet before it's really too late. I mean, I just saw recently in January 27th, there was this executive order to focus more on global warming issues and really coming together with other countries. So I think 2021 will be a big year of focusing on climate change, especially because of what COVID has exposed to us and showed us that there is so many random things in this planet that could cause, you know, a huge effect on the human race. And it's not just pandemics. It's really just anything that nature brings. Nature is low-key scary. Do you guys ever wonder how much is actually in the oceans? If global warming continues, it's going to go up. The water levels are going up at least 30 more meters because of global warming. And I can't even imagine what's at the depths of the ocean and just how scary the ocean is. It low-key scares me because there's not even a good percentage of the ocean that we know, let alone what would happen if it engulfed the earth even more. Can you imagine? I just, I know that it's 
a long process and it's going to take, you know, generations of work, but we have to start somewhere and hopefully the government sees that too. So I think it's a great time right now to take a quick break. So I'm going to play an ad and we'll be right back. Mm, honestly, I'm hungry, you guys. Do you ever just crave authentic Indian food? I know I do, especially being at home so much. If you live in the Plainsboro area in New Jersey, Jaya's Kitchen has the hookup. Jaya's Kitchen is completely made from scratch, specializing in Andre cuisines. Like, no joke, I had the best shrimp masala and coconut rice I've ever had. It's just so delicious, and you can have it for any meal of the day. It's perfect for dinner or even a small family event. So if you want to have any inquiries on any orders, you can hit up Jaya's Kitchen on Instagram at J-A-Y-A-S-K-I-T-C-H-N. Again, it's J-A-Y-A-S-K-I-T-C-H-N. Go ahead, try it out, and enjoy it. It won't disappoint, I promise. Okay, okay, and welcome back. And now that we're kind of on the topic of pandemics and changes, I feel like it's a good time right now to talk about culture as well, because, you know, global warming is a major issue, but, you know, the culture after the pandemic is going to be a little different too. There's a lot of changes that I feel like will completely change how culture is in general compared to how it was pre-pandemic. I mean, even now it's so different in just a year. And people who are already past 21 are kind of lucky in that sense because they got to at least have a decent social life before all the shit came down. But for the youngins who aren't even 21 yet, I mean, this is a crucial time to socialize and build social skills. So I think that's a major thing that's going on too. You know, we have to figure out more ways to virtually connect. And I think a lot of that is in the works too. I mean, we have the technology to socially interact through technology, but I think that's going to be a big thing in our culture in the future. And I think collaboration and office space and office culture as well is going to change because of COVID. I don't see really a majority of companies coming back to the regular nine to five life. I think that was a blessing in disguise because we were forced to have a work at home lifestyle and procedure. And I feel like a lot of things came to light and the managers and the CEOs and leaders are like realizing that, oh, it's actually not that terrible. And maybe this is better for the community. I'm pretty sure either Microsoft or Google, I forget which one it was, but they are permanently going remote. Not only does it save office space, especially on bills like electricity and shit, but I feel like when it comes to certain jobs, you don't need to be there in person all the time. But at the same time, I feel like the physical interaction is super important and necessary. So I think there's going to be a median kind of agreement of coming into work a few days a week and then working at home the other days. So I don't know. I mean, that's just another thing too. Besides the nine to fives are, you know, childcare businesses screwed basically. You know, the parents are going to be uncomfortable bringing their kids to a large group where, you know, COVID can be exposed. But does that mean, you know, they're forever going to be closed down or not as popular? Are they going to lose money? Are they going to be still in business in a few years? We don't know these things. I mean, sometimes 
I even think that private babysitting is going to become more of a thing now because of the fact that it's just less people in one area. And then on top of, you know, not just working from home, are the nine to fives going to be eliminated? I mean, I'm thinking about it and, you know, I feel like people have had more flexible work days. You know, they'd work a little bit in the morning, drop off their kids to school and then work a little more, pick up their kids and then put their kids to sleep and then work a little more. So I don't know if that's more productive, but I'm I think that's going to be definitely in future. And are movie dates going to be a thing? I mean, I don't know. These movie theaters look really empty sometimes. I mean, I think people are still going to use them, but not as much. And streaming services have really been on the come up because of the pandemic. I think they're really going to start becoming a bigger business. Like Paramount Plus just came out, I think. And they have like SpongeBob on demand and things like that. And even there are movies that are being released on Disney Plus versus actual movie theaters or in other streaming services or just having movie releases as well. Also, another trend that I feel like is going to affect our culture is the appreciation of being natural. I feel like that's becoming a major thing now, you know, embracing ourselves for who we are and not having to always wake up an hour and a half early just to put on a face of makeup. I mean, now we're working at home and, you know, we're not really doing all that anymore and it's basically just you know wake up and wash your face and go about your day so i think there's a bigger appreciation of natural beauty and just being ourselves and authentic and i think authenticity is a huge thing in our generation i think people are now starting to be a little turned off by non-authenticity and i think that's so cool because you know it gives people, you know, their chance to be in the light and be their real selves and be super transparent about everything. It's so important in our 20s to be happy with ourselves and who we are. And I think that's definitely going to become a huge thing post-COVID of just appreciating our real selves being transparent and especially in the work environment because there's a lot of fakeness that happens in the work environment. For sure. I mean, people will definitely go back to that, but I think there's going to be a bigger awareness of just being yourself. And have you ever thought about the fact that even art changes after major events? Obviously, there's the Renaissance, there's the Depression. There are a lot of things in art that have changed so much. So I'm curious how that is going to change post COVID. I feel like color wise, scheme wise, and just general designs, I feel like it's going to change too. I think a lot of the mindset is now, you know, what can we do now that we haven't done before? What can we take advantage of that's given to us that will benefit us even more in general, not just in business, but in music and art, everything. And I'm also curious to think about how music will evolve too. Is it going to be more positive, more, you know, we will get through this type vibes? Is it going to change in a way that we're happy things are over and looking forward to better things? Because, you know, this pandemic was low-key a war. It was a war against mother nature. So I think it's going to have a huge effect on technology and even all American and even Shameless. Shameless had masks in their season. And I think that's so funny because it is giving in to, you know, modern culture. But I'm saying that that's definitely going to be a big effect too. One thing I don't really expect changing that much is eating outside. And I think it's super important 
for people to get together and go to a restaurant and eat, especially to just support the small businesses. But I feel like that's never going to change because having that social interaction is a necessity for human beings. It doesn't matter how long it's been, but you have to crave some type of social interaction. And I think that eating out is just a social normal custom of just everybody in general. You could literally go to any country and everybody will be eating outside. So it's just a norm of the entire world. So I think that's not going to change, but maybe the moods and how you eat out will be different. I think you can see, and I can see personally, I've done it more, that I'd rather, you know, have my friends in the apartment and not exposed to a lot of other people around us, whether it be six feet away or not, and get takeout and just eat in the apartment instead. So I don't know, there's things like that that potentially might have a change. And I'm excited to see where media goes because, you know, a lot of the just in general music and art and things get affected by major events. So I'm excited to see what kind of trending patterns or just in general trending things in media that really will be affected by the pandemic and change how everyone looks at art. And on top of that, I think the way that we look at, you know, mental illness and anxiety, depression, and just physical suffering, emotional suffering, I think people are going to be more open to the fact that it exists and more accepting of the fact that they are going through some shit because I think now that we've had the time to be with ourselves, a lot of people are now, you know, focusing on what makes them happy, what improves their moods, what keeps it at bay, and I think that's awesome because I feel like in work culture, people have definitely put aside their emotions, their frustrations, and, you know, they were too busy to deal with themselves. And then there's just this anger built up in people that eventually really affects someone's work environment and how they interact with other people in the company. I also think a lot of work environments are going to provide, you know, services to help people who are struggling emotionally and just because of this pandemic. And I think that those services probably will stay regardless of how long this pandemic actually lasts. And I think that that's awesome, too, because, again, it gives people the time and the opportunities to actually figure themselves out because the Company culture does not start with the company. It starts with the individuals involved with the company, which will then give great results if the employees are happy. So I think that's awesome. And I think that's something that companies should continue having. And I've seen it in lots of companies now that are just offering free services or, you know, just discounted services or they're starting to team up with therapy companies and things like that. It's awesome. I think that companies now are realizing that employees, you know, they should be put first sometimes. And sometimes, you know, companies don't really pay attention to that. And that's just how it was because they're always so busy, focused on the moolah. But if the employees are not happy, the company will not thrive, will not succeed. And it's important now that the companies are realizing that. And I think that's going to stay. One thing that's kind of questionable, though, is that, you know, are they going to stop temperature taking of people? Because, I mean, my company just ordered this thing where, you know, when you come in, you have to take your temperature. And even at the gym, they do that, too. 
So I don't know how long that's going to take, but what I really, really wish will come back are concerts. And I don't know how they're going to bring those back unless they're outside, which usually is less of a problem versus inside. I don't know if they're going to have only a third of stadiums at most of the time, you know, for a year or two, or if they're just going to start bringing people back. I don't know. But this is a weird time for people in our 20s. I think we're all going to see that. And it's going to be one of the weirdest decades of anybody, of any 20s, of any generation, at least in comparison to just what seemed to be the normal for a little while. So I think it's definitely going to impact how we see business, how we see ourselves, how we see family. And I think that it's going to really make us less of robots and machines at work and help us to really see everybody as people and that they have needs outside of the work environment, you know, taking care of kids and their physical health and mental health. I think that's really all coming to light. And I'm kind of happy about that because companies just like to view their employees as ways to make money. And I think that it's important to get that personal connection and continue to have the resources to help employees be their best selves. And here's another thing. How the hell are we going to do handshakes when this is all over? What is going to be the new handshake? Because nobody's going to want to touch someone else's hand. And also, I mean, when you shake someone's hand, you would know that they're pretty serious if it's pretty firm. You know what I mean? How are you supposed to get that aspect? And I think in this whole new post-coronavirus culture, who knows what we're going to do? I mean, I've seen people kind of touch elbows. I feel like that's going to be the next thing. And speaking of handshakes, I feel like buttons are kind of going to be an ew thing because, you know, you don't want to touch a button anymore in an elevator, in a door, in a vending machine. I feel like there's going to be kind of slight changes in that aspect. In my company, we just have, you know, these electric doors where you basically move your hand over a sensor or scan your card and it'll open the door for you. I feel like that's going to become a thing too and just everywhere. Or there's just going to be other ways to push a button. And I think that's going to evolve too. It's just the little things like that kind of that you know are going to change because no one's going to want to touch anything anymore. And on top of that, there's definitely going to be more sanitizer available for everybody everywhere, which I think is amazing. I mean, we were we probably should have had that before, but we didn't. And I think now, again, people are more aware of the importance of health and staying clean. And maybe we'll have more people washing their hands more often. So I think that's going to be there too post-COVID. And the last thing that I feel like is going to kind of stick around is that people won't want to be around crowded internal spaces anymore. I don't know about you guys, but because of COVID, I literally go into a place and if it's too crowded, I am kind of uncomfortable. And I realize now how much germs and just ugh, like how quickly something can spread in a small group of people all huddled up in a small space. So I think there might be more people kind of straying away from that or at least Still going, but feeling a little more uncomfortable. So I think that's going to change too. And I think a lot of places will definitely take advantage of having more windows that they can just open and allow more air ventilation. And I think just restaurants in general will be investing more in clean air technologies, which I think is awesome too, because we should be having that anyway. 
And I guess one last thing, I think we are, as a country, going to appreciate more the issues that are going on in the country and be more inclined to do something about it. Because I think now that we've had time to see exactly what's wrong with the country, what's wrong with just our usual normal schedules, there's been a lot wrong, right? So I think that's going to be a major thing post-COVID where we're focusing on how we can always continue to improve, and especially in political things and things and just in general cultural problems but we will see i mean that's what this podcast is for right we're going to watch this whole thing go down and hopefully see some changes i am 100 percent confident that not everybody is going to change because that's just how we are as human beings we do fall back to our normal routines and shit and we're not always going to be willing to change but i think there's just a better awareness a better desire to want to change things and want to better things in general. So I feel like this is going to be a new kind of positive few years and kind of more hopeful and more positive energies in general. And not just in terms of how we see things, but also how we support each other. I mean, where would we be without the teachers, without the doctors, the store clerks giving us our groceries, utility workers, you know, that are still risking their lives every day, risking for COVID to help other people? I mean, we are now starting to be more supportive of each other. And I think patriotism just in general in this country is at least improving in that aspect where we're supporting each other more and really realizing that everybody is just trying to get through this life and we're going to help each other get through it as much as possible. So yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I think is going to happen at least and in terms of what I'm expecting is going to happen. And I just feel like everybody's just going to be more involved with themselves. And I think it's amazing because this world has been so caught up with the next day, with business, with making money, that we forget that the most important aspect of our lives is feeding our soul and keeping ourselves happy and well. So yeah, that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you really were engaged in these topics. And I know it was a lot at once, but I just had a lot of things I needed to talk about for all three. So if you have any questions or other things that you hope will happen post-COVID, please hit me up on Instagram, on Twitter, or TikTok. My Instagram and TikTok is at Feeling Feline Podcast, and my Twitter is at Feeling Feline. Till next time, bye!